With more than 25 legislators testing positive for coronavirus including Union Minister Nitin Gadkari after some deliberations the monsoon session of the parliament came to a premature end on 23rd September 8 days before it was scheduled to end even though the vice president Venkai Naidu has touted the passage of 25 laws in 10 days as a sign of 100% productivity this session has faced criticism for not just about what the bills were or how many bills were passed but also about how they were passed while in the lok sabha the government pushed some contentious bills without adequate discussions with a force of a majority as the opposition is accusing in the rajya sabha there were some shocking scenes where the government was accused of violating parliamentary conventions in a bid to pass laws all of this leading to the opposition to not only boycott the session but also accuse the bjp of dismantling parliamentary democracy and reducing parliamentary sessions to a mere lip service so what has made this session so controversial and why is it being seen as an attack on democracy let's look at an overview of the monsoon session 2020 and in this podcast you'll hear from congress legislator dr shashi tharoor and senior journalist arati jairath you're tuned in to the big story you're tuned in to the big story the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and i'm your host shorbri Now the monsoon session in the parliament has been the shortest one to be held in at least 20 years but this has been a peculiar one for more than one reason for starters after being deferred by 2 months in view of the covid-19 situation it was planned as an 18 day session with no weekend breaks and much to the dismay of the opposition it also restricted debates and questions with a zero hour session curtailed to a mere 30 minutes and the question hour session completely eliminated But while on one hand there was a time constraint on the other hand the government brought 11 bills to both the houses to replace 11 ordinances that it had promulgated earlier this year during the intercession period and Dr Shashi Tharoor says that holding the parliament in the middle of this pandemic with a large number of legislators above the age of 60 was the first misstep he says that despite its digital india outlook the government didn't take a digital or even a hybrid route because it simply wanted to pass the ordinances which otherwise would have collapsed uh, first uh, having a parliament session with all the risks involved um with a large number of legislators above the age of 60 was itself a controversial issue uh they could easily have done it virtually um as many other parliaments have done uh and they could have done it uh in a hybrid form with some sitting in parliament and others joining in from home but for all the bluster of our digital india parliament and the government didn't do that they went ahead because they had ordinances they needed to pass into bills within um the uh, 6 months of the previous session and in those circumstances there was nothing that they could do but to have the session they just didn't need to do it this way um they also of course um wanted to show the nation that at a time when students are taking examinations are being obliged to take examinations parliament was also setting an example of working 
As I also said, as many as 25 bills were passed in such a short session, some crucial ones getting passed in both the houses too. While a productive session is to be lauded, some of these bills, like the three agricultural bills, were passed in the backdrop of massive farmer agitation in Punjab and Haryana. In fact, among all the bills passed, the three farm bills were the heart of the controversy this monsoon session. The controversy first erupted on 17 September when two of these bills were passed in the Lok Sabha, even as Harsimrat Kaur Badal, a member of the BJP's ally Shiromani Akali Dal and a minister in the Modi cabinet, resigned from the government. But on 20 September, in contravention of parliamentary norms, the farmers and produce trade and commerce bill and the farmers agreement on price assurance and farm services bill were passed in the rajya sabha by a voice vote even as the opposition claimed to have demanded a division of votes to know more about what these bills mean for the agricultural sector please check out our episode on the farm bills on our show notes but to talk a little more about what happened in the rajya sabha angered by this way of passing of the bill the opposition protested and what followed was complete ruckus rarely seen in the house of elders that led to the suspension of eight opposition lawmakers from TMC Congress CPIM and Aam Aadmi Party who held overnight sit-ins outside the parliament protesting against their suspension and inside the parliament there was a no confidence motion moved by a hundred opposition lawmakers against deputy chairman Harivansh Singh who they accused of partisan behavior that motion was rejected by VP Venkaiah Naidu and you can also check out our previous episode in Rajya Sabha for more details on what happened there but moving on with the opposition on a boycott over the subsequent days the government sashayed through 15 bills without any discussion in just 2 days but has this session been more about displaying the force of the majority than discussions miss arte jerath offers her analysis on the overall session uh, yes yes completely i mean i think the government uh, did not want a discussion on anything they called this session basically because they wanted to turn those 11 ordinances into laws and they had to get it through parliament to do that so um you know in fact if you notice once they they did those ordinances and i mean they, the ordinances were approved into law they just uh, ended the session they truncated it making this the fourth shortest monsoon session uh, that we've seen in parliament so you know i i think the I, the the government uh, definitely displayed you know its brute numbers in parliament and in rajya sabha uh, you know what they did was even was was uh, very was shocking because uh, in the rajya sabha they actually committed a constitutional irregularity mm. by uh, refusing to allow the opposition demand for a division of votes and passing those farm bills by voice vote now according to the constitution uh under the constitution article 100 of the constitution if the opposition wants a division the chair is bound to grant it but they just rode roughshod over the opposition and uh, got those bills passed by voice vote which is the first time something like this has ever happened in parliament and this is a definite constitutional irregularity which has never happened before so basically they ripped the constitution to shreds the opposition also alleged some more violations just not circulating copies of the legislation at least 2 days before it's tabled to allow lawmakers some time to formulate their arguments around it 
This too was in violation of Direction 19B of the Speaker's directions, as Mr. Tharoor points out in a piece that is written on the Quint. But commenting on the general manner of how this session was conducted, he says that the entire session was reduced to a rubber stamp process. But the work was actually quite disappointing. It was uh, reduced to a rubber stamp process, particularly for far-reaching bills relating to agriculture and labour, two areas of transcendent importance in our country, uh, which took place uh, without the mandatory notice period for the opposition to study the bills, without consultation with the states and without any serious uh, engagement with the opposition on the contents of the bills or their suggestions. So that created a huge amount of agitation. And finally, the misdemeanor of the government in trying to shove the laws past Parliament without serious discussion and in the Rajya Sabha without permitting a formal vote by division where it only has a very narrow and fragile majority. Uh, all of this desecration of parliamentary convention was also a part of the problem. And um, looking at the at how our temple of democracy has been treated, it certainly seemed as if the government was willing to destroy the temple rather than permit prayers against its misrule to be heard there. I do worry about this continuing assault on our sacrosanct institutions if the health of parliamentary democracy uh, is to be safeguarded. Otherwise, we will weaken the very pillars of the constitutional system of democracy that we had been taking for granted so far. If in terms of passing bills there was 100% productivity, the government virtually gave no data on some of the crucial impacts of COVID-19 on the general population at large. Now, this was the first session to be held since the pandemic outbreak led to very visible adverse impacts on hapless migrant workers, farmers, health workers. But to list out the number of things that the government claims to have no data on, they are migrant deaths, farmer suicides, deaths of frontline health workers and also job losses in the pandemic. And this despite ample reports on all these issues. In the pretext of COVID-19 protocols and the elimination of the questionnaire, has the government been avoiding accountability and questions on its decisions? Ms. Jairat argues that the government managed to control pretty much the entire session to ensure that they didn't face any embarrassing questions. I mean, this was an unusual session because it took place in the, you know, in the shadow of of the pandemic and uh, so you know uh, I mean you saw the seating arrangements MPs were seated six feet apart with those you know sort of plastic shields in front of them and they were seated in the upper gallery and the lower gallery so you know they didn't allow for the kind of consultation on the floor that takes place uh, you know whenever there are contentious issues being discussed in the house um so the government managed to you know pretty much control the proceedings uh, you know of this session to ensure that they didn't face any embarrassment or any embarrassing questions and the only contentious issue or the only burning issue on which they did have some kind of a, a discussion was the, you know, LAC, the detentions with China. But even that was not really a debate or a discussion. What they did was a uh, statement was read out by the defense minister mm -hmm. and uh, just a few comments, that's all. So, you know, this whole session, you, you can call it productive from a legislative point of view, mm -hmm. but parliament is not only about passing legislation. Parliament is also about discussion. It's also about 
you know, questioning the government, holding it accountable on decisions that it takes or on, you know, policies that it has, uh, you know, promulgated on, uh, you know, on steps that it plans to take on important issues. Uh, you know, so none of that happened in this in this session. So how should we view this session? Was it mere lip service? Is this session a symbolic breakdown of democracy as the opposition alleges? Back to Ms. Jirathio. You know, I think the worst thing that has happened is that the relationship between the opposition and the government is now shot to pieces. Uh, you know, and uh, they are really now, uh, the opposition is really on the warpath with the government. And in fact, one opposition MP told me that if the government is going to break all the rules, then so are we. So that holds very ominous signals for, you know, future sessions of parliament, because it seems to me that, uh, you know, parliament is not really going to function, um, you know, from now on. You know, the parliament as an institution has been steadily eroding. But uh, today what you see is, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's now, I think, on the edge of a precipice. And it could come crashing down any day unless, you know, an attempt is made to honor, uh, you know, the norms, the conventions, the rules and the constitution in particular. So, uh, otherwise, uh, we're really seeing the end of the road for the parliamentary system of democracy. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.